Welcome to another week of Football and Grits. It's Monday. That means we got a lot to talk about, but it also means that today I'm your host, David Ubbin. I am joined, as I am always joined on Mondays, by the Athletics National Writer, Andy Staples, uh, Gainesville, Florida's own. Uh, Andy, what did you make of uh, Stone Cold Dan Mullen's audition for SEC SmackDown? Did you uh, smell what the coach was cooking? I... I've never seen a coach run out to the middle of the field like that and have to be held back by his own guys. (laughs) I don't think that really de-escalated the situation. Like I understand why the Florida players were mad because of the the late hit on Kyle Trask that the refs did nothing about. I understand why Mullen was upset about that. But Mullen can take that up with the guys in the stripes after they get everybody off the field. He doesn't have to run onto the field and and do and and do the hold me back, hold me back thing. <laughs> that doesn't help anybody. That doesn't help the situation. Also, and then I say this every time one of these fights happens. This is this is not this is independent of of Florida, of Missouri, of anybody. When you're wearing football pads, it does not hurt if you get punched. <laughs> so if you try to punch someone wearing football pads, you're just stupid. Yeah, the hit I felt like was obviously it was late. I don't know that I'd call it explicitly dirty necessarily. Um, but yeah, the, the, just the visual of, of Mullen, uh, after all this is done, he goes in the tunnel, <laughs> comes, comes back out the tunnel to get people, uh, fired up. I mean, it really was reminiscent of the, uh, like on wrestling when they have like the fake contract signings, you know, to, to hype up, like, <laughs> it was like, there's right, a table and like fancy brick. carpet and you know, you know how this is going to go every single time. It was very reminiscent well, of that. Scene. Okay, so here here's here's the thing about this though, David. That will only endear him to Florida fans more. Mm-hmm. The more he gets criticized from the outside, they're that's our guy. We love him. Unless they lose to Georgia next week. <laughs> the sky's then, a buffoon. Then the Florida fans will think it's really dumb and man, he he still can't recruit. He's made us into now, a punchline. It, yeah, there's that. It, exactly. So <laughs> as long as he's winning, and, and they certainly did look good last night, as long as he's doing that. He's going to be okay. Now, the SEC may make his wallet a little bit lighter because of all this stuff. But as long as he's doing that, he's going to he's going to only help himself among the constituents that really matter to him. But the thing is, the test is coming next week. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of can you pass it or not. And, and so far, they haven't beaten Georgia with him as the coach. So if he can beat Georgia, then he can pretty much do whatever he wants. If he can't, that that's when he'll get criticized by the Florida fans for this stuff. Yeah, I, I think ultimately I don't. I guess I don't particularly care whether there's a fine or or whatever. Obviously, you shouldn't do it. I don't think the coaches care about the fines that much. You know, it was a little much. It I I, I felt like it was just a it was a bit of an overreaction relative to what sort of happened. But as far as fallout. Whatever. It sort of is what it is. Uh, I don't know that a fine is going to change anyone. Uh, I did appreciate Lane Kiffin making uh, making light of it over over the over the weekend. Of course. I mean, <laughs> did, did he pay his in pennies or no? Uh, we'll I get, that was the we'll, plan. I, I, we'll, we'll probably find out. I don't know. Lane, Lane has got the belt for, for uh, conference fines, I feel like. We'll, we'll see. Well, we got to get into it, uh, Andy. I appreciate everybody subscribing, listening. Uh, leave us a review. Give us a five-star rating. It helps get the show... 
build us up and, and get the word out. Tell a friend, of course. A full week of content on this show uh, and on the Athletics uh, app and website. And if you uh, are not a subscriber, you should change that. You can do that at theathletic.com backslash grits. You can see Andy's stories, and you can listen to this show and the Andy Staples show every week, uh, ad-free as well, inside the app. Well, Andy, uh, we got to start in, an, in a somewhat unorthodox position. Let's start by handing out our, our worst team performance of the week. And man, it was it was a it was a fight to the finish. LSU and Mississippi State. <laughs> so much competition. There, for this, there really was this coveted award. Let's start with LSU. The big question: How how fixable is this? You know, we've mentioned this on here. Auburn waxing LSU only made it a bigger question. How does L- LSU and Ed Orgeron right now avoid a, a, a chiziking here? Because it looks like it's hurtling sort of headlong into that territory. What do you do right now if you're sitting where LSU is sitting? Well, they're, they're not as bad as that Auburn team. That Auburn team went 0-8 in the SEC. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's, let's remember that first. They're not that bad. But they do need to fix some stuff, and, and we'll see maybe when, when Miles Brennan comes back, the offense – is a little bit better, but the defense does not seem fixable. I've watched Auburn a lot this year. Nothing has made their offense look good except the LSU defense. The LSU defense made Auburn's offense look unstoppable. Mm-hmm. And for that, something must be done. You know, it, it, it's there's no excuse for that. And, and you could say, oh, the offense could have played better. Yes, the offense absolutely could have played better. But the defense giving up that many points and giving up yards that easily to a team that has really struggled to move the ball and really struggled to generate explosive plays, I'm sorry. That's just not it's just not good enough. And you have good athletes. And I realize they paid Bo Pelini a lot of money, but I think you know, they've probably already come to the decision that they're gonna have to make a change in the offseason. But it might be time to break out a, a quote from uh, from floor, former Florida Athletic Director Jeremy Foley uh, that that always seems to come up this time of year. What must be done eventually must be done immediately. Yeah, why wait is the and is the pressing question. I, it's just not working. I mean, it's and it's okay to admit that, and you have lots of money, and if you want to, you know, cut cut the cord now, go ahead. It's not like there was a huge like he didn't bring in his entire staff. You know, they they. They didn't have that. So they could run a defense. Their head coach is a defensive guy. Now, he's never been a defensive play caller, but he's a defensive guy. So if you have to make a change, you can. But this is not working. This is this is awful. And you should not be this bad. I don't care how many players you had to replace with the level of talent you have. Mm-hmm. You just shouldn't. And I think we've seen, I mean, you, you look at Arkansas – Overnight, you flip a switch, you change your defensive philosophy, and they're playing great football. And that's that's the thing is, we're what halfway through the season already. It's not like yeah. your your peer Alabama gave up forty four fewer points to Mississippi State than than you did. Like it, I don't know what more you need to see. You know, I I just uh, you're halfway through the season. It's not getting any better. You know, they're not really. And oh, by the way, after an open date. You are going to play the best offense in the league. Yeah, best of luck with in that. Alabama. Mm-hmm. A, a an offense that is playing at a historic level, which we we touched on uh, previously on this show. So, yeah, I think the move there is obvious. The timing 
is the bigger question. Um, but I'm with you, Eddie. I, I don't. I, why wait? I don't think has a good answer right now. Um, and we'll see if they try to answer it. On the other end of the spectrum, Mississippi State is the here. The question I think you have with move Mississippi State is: Is this just growing pains? Is this just uh, a program stuck in transition? Or is this sort of a failure to launch? You know, uh, this thing is not getting off the ground. Situation. I, I think it's some of both. So the growing pains part of it, we're seeing a lot of players leave. We saw that with Texas Tech and Washington State when Mike Leach took over. That's sort of what happens. They're, he's not for everybody, and so that situation usually tends to sort itself out after a little while. But the fact that they cannot seem to move the ball at all is a bigger problem. And, and I don't think Mississippi State would do anything with Leach now, mm-hmm. but this has got to be a pretty short – basically, you say, okay – we realized this was a weird year. You didn't have a chance to get your guys in. You go find a quarterback this year on the transfer market, and you better be capable and functional next year, or that's it. Because you cannot have this again. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I don't know how much this is just not having a quarterback that that works in this offense. I don't think that's it entirely. I think it's they, they've not faced this level of competition before with this offense. And I mean, look, let's be honest, the 2008 Big 12 was really good. Oklahoma and Texas were two of the best teams in the country, and and Texas Tech beat one of those teams. So it's not like they haven't played talented teams before and beaten them with this offense, but, you know, it's not working right now. So, you know, I would say there there will be pressure on him, especially because that was just embarrassing against Alabama. And they've got games that will not look like that because obviously every opponent's not going to be Alabama. You know, they're going to play Vanderbilt. That's a winnable game and they better win that one. But after that, I don't know if they can win any of those other games. Yeah. I think so. The, the biggest issue is they can be staring at two and eight. Yeah. They can't get in these spots where they're playing name your number games because that's been the case for a lot of games these last few weeks. I mean, goodness, if you let Alabama go pedal to the metal, I mean, that could have been like not exaggerating, like 85, oh, nothing. Yeah. Like, that was, they ridiculous. were, they were being very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just, you know, Mike Leach said after the game that catching on to the air raid offense was, uh, to use his word, slow and tedious for his players. But the whole point of the air raid is that it's very easy for everyone to learn. You're running some very basic concepts out of different formations to confuse the offense. We've seen this before. Again, there's going to be growing pains. There's going to be issues. But it should not be as ugly as it is right now, Um, just getting completely shut down. And I know Nick Saban is great at scheming that. I know that all those things are happening, but... Everyone's shutting down the last three weeks, and and they don't seem to have a counter. They don't seem to have a move. It's just like, let's keep doing the same things, and it's not working. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, and that's the thing. You've got to earn your money in this offseason. One, by getting the correct personnel. But two, by developing a counter. Mm -hmm. I, I know you don't like to run the ball. Okay, well... 
if you're not going to run the ball when they have three linemen and really only five guys in the box, you're going to lose every time in the SEC. You're just going to lose. So find a way for your five to move their three and go gain five yards, and then they'll have to play you honestly, and then you'll be able to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, that's that's really what it comes down to. And if you got a guy like Kylan Hill, maybe keep him around. Just saying. <laughs> that might be a yeah, exactly. uh, that might be that might be a a, a, a pro tip on that one. On the well, flip side, the other thing is when go ahead. Well, when you're dealing with with players of this talent level, because you know this is something we talked about a lot during the offseason, is this is the most talent that Leach has ever had on his team, and also the most talent he's ever had to face on a weekly basis. When you're dealing with players of that talent level, guess what? They're not as all, always as easy to manage as the three stars and the two stars. Mm-hmm. You you got to work on managing those guys. So, you know, it, but but the thing is, they're the only way to beat the five stars. Mm-hmm. Guys want to get paid. There's nothing wrong with that. Working for the NFL, um, aiming in that direction. On the flip side. We got to talk about the uh, the plucky Auburn Tigers uh, laying the smackdown on on LSU. I think that you know the the Gus the Gus buyout counter <laughs> days since we've mentioned Gus Malzahn's buyout is back to zero. The meter has swung from red to, to it's like it's a it's a it's a deep yellow. Uh, it's the color of yellow that would make Tom Herman call you a bad guy at this point. Uh, but if you, if you, uh, you know, we're sitting there and, and we, we've talked about LSU's issues, but this is kind of the Auburn that we thought we might see at times this year. Anthony Schwartz over the top, Bo Nix dealing, they're running the ball with Tank Bigsby, uh, Sean Shivers in the mix. Do you feel like this is a turning point for, for Auburn or do you feel like this is just them doing to LSU what everybody's doing to LSU? I think they've been turning. I think you, you go back, you know, after the, the – you watch the Ole Miss game. Their offense looked like it was coming around a little bit. And, and you could see maybe them starting to find a little bit of an identity. And I think that has sort of carried over. And then they get the gift of getting to play the LSU defense and really work on some mm-hmm. stuff. But they've got Mississippi State next. That's another team. Now, defensively, Mississippi State's not bad, but Mississippi State's offense puts it in such – horrific positions that it doesn't really help much. So, I mean, if we look at Auburn, they have two games between now and the Iron Bowl. They should win them both. They play Mississippi State and Tennessee. And we could be looking at a very different kind of Auburn season than we thought we were looking at after the South Carolina loss. Yeah, I I think when you – so much of what they do just boils down to the offensive line. And if Bo Nix can have some clean pockets, he can step up in those pockets, not be running around, bailing out, or feeling like he has to bail out. Everything looks better for Auburn. Um, and we saw that, especially when they can run the ball as well and, and balance that out. And, and LSU um, graciously allowed them to do that. I appreciate that. Really a gentleman's, uh, a gentleman's move there. But it was awfully nice. It of is. Listen, that's that Southern hospitality. What are you going to say? Um, and so, yeah, I, I think I need to see them do it against somebody a little more um, competent. You don't have to do that against Georgia. But can you do that against the middle of the league um, and not LSU, which is playing as poorly on, on, on defense um, as – you know, really anyone in the conference, with the exception of perhaps, listen to this segue, Andy, the team that claims my best individual performance of the week, uh, Elijah Moore. I know it's Vandy, but 14 catches, 238 yards, three scores. 
that is a, that is a season for a lot of receivers. Uh, heck of a heck of a Saturday, Ole Miss man. I was looking forward to this game because I wanted to see that Ole Miss offense really hit the uh, uh, the hyperdrive, um, and I think we've seen that. And I, I also I was looking at this yesterday. I thought it might be more teams, but you look around at college football and you look at that uh, Baylor offense, Arkansas, UCF, Syracuse, and now Ole Miss. It's everywhere. Uh, am I missing anyone? Tulsa. Tulsa is a good, yes. Tulsa. Phil Montgomery. Phil Montgomery. Am I missing? I think uh, we have five but, programs now running basically the spread you out, mash you, and then throw it over your head when you put too many guys in the box. Florida State ran it last yes. year, but it was not. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. As effective. As <laughs> the they, offensive they line. Like it, the thing be. is, you have to have a good offensive line. But yeah. But you know those yeah, kind so of this this offense can produce these numbers, and we're seeing that. And and as Lane Kiffin builds out his program. Ole Miss is going to be interesting. They're going to be there. I don't know that we're going to see them win the West with with Lane Kiffin there, but I think we're going to see them beat some really good teams because they're going to be able to score like this pretty often. I think and and you know Elijah Moore obviously a big part of that. Who was your uh, best individual performance of the week, Andy? Well, my individual was was five individuals who I think would prefer to be mentioned as a group, and that's the <laughs> Texas A and M offensive line. They they've been really good these last few weeks. I mean. Uh, you go back to the Florida game, and they asserted their will. They turned that game in the third quarter and, and really showed, okay, one, we can protect Kellen Mond. Two, we can open holes for, for the backs. And, and they've got some good backs. I, Spiller we knew was good. Uh, Anaya Smith got moved to tailback before the bowl game last year because they just didn't have anybody. And he's been absolutely fantastic there because he's so versatile. And you know, I just think the line has has made the jump that they needed to make. And I thought that win against Arkansas was really important for Texas A&M because that's a, a team that historically they have played down to. And and I mean, when they play down to, they, they play down to some really bad Arkansas teams. This is a good Arkansas mm-hmm. team. And Texas A&M didn't really play to them. They played to its own, you know, their own standard and just played really well. And that is a good Arkansas team that they beat pretty comfortably. Mm-hmm. Arkansas scores at the end. People in Vegas, it mattered too, but it didn't really matter anywhere else. That was a, a good, comfortable win against a team that that probably most years would have given Texas A&M a lot more trouble than that. So I think that that is a big step forward for A&M, and I, I like it. I mean, I, I think it's a repeatable formula. You And you look at their schedule, South Carolina – Tennessee, both on the road. They can win both those mm-hmm. games. Ole Miss will be interesting. It'll be a big test for their defense. But they could conceivably be 7-1 and one going into the LSU game. It's, it's really possible. Yeah. And I just, I just think that is, that is quite a turnaround from what we saw week two against Alabama, which, look, I, I think they were coming out of the game saying, look, we didn't get – beaten that badly I think they did get beaten that badly and I think if they played that game again playing the way they play now they probably still lose to Alabama but I don't think it's that bad it's kind of amazing because I think after that game and I can't believe I'm saying this out loud I think we were kind of underrating Alabama <laughs> I think they put up they scored so easily think, in that game that yeah. people were like oh A&M fraud again and it's like uh, Alabama's doing that to literally everyone including Georgia so uh, I'm not so sure about that. And I think, you know, 
A&M was my pick to finish second in the West. I liked them this year. I thought this was going to be a big year for them. I don't know that I truly believe they could challenge Alabama, but I did believe in that cluster of the Tier 2 West teams. I thought they were the best one. And now you're looking at it, and you're saying, well, I mean, I, I think they're they're looking like that team. Um, they still got a lot of ways to go. I think if they just unleashed a stink bomb at some point, I can't say that I'd be floored. Um, you know, A&M's done that a few times. But they look like the, the second best team in the West right now, and, and I think it's it's going to be well, a chance for them to prove it down the back half of this season. And here here's the thing to keep in mind. So Oklahoma State loses to Texas yesterday. Penn State obviously is not what we thought they were going to be. So the Big 12 could be out. The Big 10 does not seem likely to have two teams that, that are even in the playoff mm-hmm. mix. Clemson and Notre Dame are probably going to play twice. You know, we'll see what happens when they play the first time when, when Clemson's got their backup quarterback in. I suspect Clemson still beats them even though they're playing their, their backup quarterback. Uh, the second best team in the SEC might make the playoff this year, David. And so that's something to think about. It probably shouldn't shouldn't bring it up if you're Jimbo Fisher. Aggies to the playoff, Andy the, Staples, on, my column. On their minds. <laughs> no. Well, okay. But what if they what if they finish nine and one? They'll be in the mix. Absolutely. They will be in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, Cincinnati's just dominating right now. And if they win the American and, and they're undefeated, I think they'll get a they'll have a chance. But I mean, a nine and a one SEC West team, maybe they have just as much of a chance. I, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. Right now, and, and remember, even the three I'm about to mention could fall at some point. We almost saw Clemson lose yesterday, but Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State seem very, very safe. But does anybody else beyond them seem worthy? And I'd say the answer is no right now. Here's my question for you, Andy. Who would you take Aggies versus Georgia? Right now? If they played right now. Ooh. I don't, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I feel like we are talking a little bit about the game that's going to happen next week because I don't think the Aggies in Florida are all that different except Florida's maybe got a little bit more explosive offense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think I think what we see next week with, with Florida and Georgia would, would probably give us a good uh, indication of what A&M Georgia would look like. Yeah, you may be right. Uh, I don't think we have a chance to see that game. It seems unlikely, but... Uh, no. The Aggies versus Georgia would be an interesting, uh, an interesting matchup. Because I, I, moving on to our last category, I didn't want to hand out a a best game for the sole fact that if I did that this week, it would only be uh, besmirching the honor of this category and everyone who's received it previously. This is a long storied history, um, and I don't want to cheapen every other award we hand out. So I'm, I'm handing out. The uh, the game the other five yeah, they got the game that only a mother could love to Georgia fourteen Kentucky three you know Kirby Smart said nobody wanted a nine six game uh, but this game only featured two more points than that and uh, again I, I I didn't want to see this either uh, Joey Gatewood underwhelming the only good thing about this game is it lasted less than three hours which I personally appreciated I did not want to see any more of this you know no George Pickens Georgia had some defensive injuries as well. But this was not good offense. Uh, two very good defenses, but the offense didn't show us much. And, and you know, on display again, 
the reason why why, why I think A and M Georgia is an interesting concept is because Georgia they're just they're really limited offensively. I, I'm, you know, Stetson Bennett is probably their best option, and it's it's not an option that I think you can win big with. And it's never good when we start getting the Dewan Mathis sideline shots. And I watched that game yesterday. There were more than a few. Uh, what what do you make of where Georgia is, and and if that game told us anything? I I don't like the injury situation, and, and then of course poor Richard LeCount gets in a car accident. Yeah, they're it's it's when they it's get piling back up to Athens. And then you have that, and, and, yeah, that's so he's in the hospital, mm-hmm. and it's just awful in that in that respect. And you know, I've said repeatedly, I'm not picking Florida to beat Georgia until I see them actually beat Georgia. And now I'm wondering if I can if I can hold to that this week because you saw Florida play. We didn't know what what they were going to look like after a couple of weeks off. They looked really good defensively. They looked good despite the the fact that they were missing a lot of of key players on defense. So I I think yesterday the the Georgia Kentucky game felt like one of those early season games in the non conference where you don't show anything because you're trying to not show the opponent what you're going to do. But I don't think that was the case. I think it just looked like that. I think they were trying, (laughs) and it just didn't look very good. I mean, we've talked about it. I just think if you don't have an offense that can put 40 on the board when you need to, and you're going to need to sometimes, uh, I'd be nervous. I'd be nervous. Let me throw throw a stat out to you. You're probably going to hear this this week. Uh, This is from David Wonderlook of, of Gator Country. Uh, he's talking about Kyle Trask. So he got 18 touchdown passes so far this season, mm-hmm. which is the most, I think, by any SEC quarterback through four games uh, ever. And 18 ties the 2014 and 2016 Florida teams. So that would be Muschamp's last team, McIlwain's second team, which won the SEC East, by the way. Uh, and then through three games, he had already surpassed the number of touchdown passes for the 2010 11, 12, 13, and 17 teams. So the entire Muschamp era and the last McIlwain team. And so during the Georgia game, most likely, if he throws two touchdown passes, he will tie the 2015 team, which is the the one that had Will Greer for half a season. Mm -hmm. So basically, he is erasing a decade of offensive ineptitude at Florida. And so when they play against this banged-up Georgia defense, I – can Georgia stop them at this point? We'll find out. I, I I'm gonna say yes. I think they just have too many too many dudes, and schematically, I think they're gonna be solid. What does stopping them look like? Can Florida win this game 27-24? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, we'll see. Well, I was gonna say the, the 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 Florida defense against Missouri looked like a defense that might be able to pull that off. Yeah. I mean, if you if you got a if you got to win the game twelve to ten, I don't think Florida can do that. No, but if you got to win the game twenty four twenty one at this point with Georgia's offense the way it is, I think they could do yeah, that. I think so. Well, we'll have plenty more uh, cocktail conversation uh, and coverage as the week goes on. Uh, cocktail conversation and coverage <laughs> live on Football and Grits. <laughs> exactly, Football and Grits and the cocktail party. Uh, well, that'll do it for this week's episode. An interesting week behind us, an interesting week ahead. The back half of the season is going to be uh, uh, full of some some intrigue and quite a few good games and, and maybe a few more, um, you know, uh, Dan Mullen incidents. We'll, I'll look forward to seeing that. So thanks for listening. 
Again, check out Andy Staples' podcast, the uh, spectacularly named Andy Staples Show, and listen to us every weekday uh, on the podcast purveyor of your choice and inside the Athletic app for free. And if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you should change that. Go to theathletic.com backslash grits. Thanks for listening. We will see you guys again tomorrow.